Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Best Show Ever Pod, uh, the podcast where we interview people about the best concert they ever saw in their life. Uh, and this episode is a great one. Uh, we have got uh, the CEO of Osiris Podcast, the guy who gave me the job. Uh, RJB is our interviewee for this episode. Uh, we go over some really cool fish shows, obviously. Um, we go over my favorite fish show of all time. Uh, the one that I've listened to probably the most. And so that was a treat for me. I hope it's a treat for you guys as well. Um, we get into some Osiris stuff. We talk about his journey with that. Um, overall, just a great conversation with RJ. Um, if you if you need another podcast episode with RJ on it, I've got you. Here it is. Um, but enough intro from me. Uh, let's get into this conversation with RJ. But first, a little bit of music from none other than Jesus and Fartfinger. But first, first, a short break. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. This is the best show ever. This is the best show ever. This is the best show, the best show ever. This is the best show. The best show I ever heard. I think I have to agree. Leave meeting. I'm out of (laughs) here. See you later. It was fun. I'm not letting you record me, RJ. I don't know what I'm going to say. It was really fun while it lasted, though. We had a good time, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was nice. We'll catch up, and then that's it. You got your dead shirt on today, though. Same. Yeah, I'm just trying to, just trying to, you know, show my appreciation. Keep the party going. Yeah. Although I did, I missed the whole like Ted and Company tour this year. I think I, I went last year, but I didn't see any shows this year. Was that something that you made a point to hit when it came around, or? They came through Philly and we like got tickets through Live Nation and I was like, all right, let's go. So I guess, no, I guess it was just like, it just happened. I mean, I've seen like so yeah. many iterations of this, this group of people over the past 20 years, you know, it's like since 90, then like the late nineties, you know? So I don't know. I think yeah. maybe I'm, I'm in the minority there though. In the minority of people who haven't, made a point to see him a ton because yeah. I also didn't make a point to see him okay. a ton. It would kind of okay. be like last minute, like, oh, 
okay, sweet. Let's go see Dead and Company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just think like I saw them last summer. I've seen them like three or four times. This like you know this iteration, and so I think that was like enough. Maybe four times. Maybe it was whatever I saw was was I was like cool. That was good. You know. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm gonna come to regret it. Maybe on my deathbed, I'm gonna be like, I can't believe I didn't go to that that final tour. You never know. You're gonna see the cool. You're gonna see the cool pro shot version of this last weekend and be like, man. Yep. Could have yep. been there, dude. Could have been there. Should have just went on tour. You know, that's a, that's the moral of of life. Should have just gone on tour. You know. Should have just gone on tour is there, that should be a t-shirt <laughs> that I wear when I'm at home on the couch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Should've. I'm going to go ahead and trademark that right now. Should have just gone on tour. Man. Um, well, what are you up to, Cam? Long weekend. See you in Dead & Co. Um, now it's back to, to real life. Um, and I got a little gap until I see some shows next. But um, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of fall tour for Fish. And we're going to do... I'm doing Disco Biscuits next week, actually. So never mind. Not that big of a gap. <laughs> That is awesome. That will five day gap here. That will be fantastic. Um, they're playing great right now. They have great crowds. They're like they're 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 doing great. I mean, and it's like uh, it's at the Roxy here in LA, and so that's a cool venue. I haven't been able to check out, and um, I mean, I've hit a lot of the big venues in LA, like the the Greek theaters and the um, you know Forum and Hollywood Bowl and stuff. But getting to go to shows at places like the Troubadour and you know, the Roxy or like the Viper room, those are cool spots that, you know, are still around. So excited for that. Have you done any LA stuff? Have you been like no, in California? Well, I, I was out there for um, a conference last March and I saw Ghostlight at the Troubadour like last minute. And um, it was fun. It was the only time I've ever been to that venue. And I saw this, this band um, at what, there's like a venue, like small venue in Silver Lake. That's like famous. Um, Oh, um, like a little, it's like a little hole in the wall kind of club. Um, I saw geese. Do you remember that, that like indie band? Have you heard of them? No, no, no. I know goose. Yeah. They're like that, but different, but much, much different. They're like a heavy indie rock band from New York. Um, and they were playing there. And, um, so I saw two shows in two nights in LA without planning to at all beforehand. So. LA is a lot, but it's good for shows. It is good for like a cheap last minute show. Like I got to do dogs in a pile at the mint and like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the mint was Mm -hmm. like this old bar. that has been there for a long time. So, I mean that, yeah, there's always cool little last minute shows going on. And for some reason, the jam band scene is just not as fleshed out and huge as it is on the East coast. I mean, you can get tickets last minute to even fish if you wanted to out here um which it which was a surprise to me i was uh yeah and it seems like every (laughs) every show i go to it's a bunch of east coast people at the show who flew out because the tickets were cheap yeah 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 Yeah. oh man like berkeley Um, berkeley fish was all east coast people hollywood bowl fish all east coast people around us i was like okay yeah yeah i think that's kind of how it goes I, i see what's going on yeah, and I can't probably ever move to the East Coast because I won't be able to get tickets to anything. So that's why I'm staying out here. <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. It's better to yeah, do yeah. that. Just just you make sure you can go to the shows. That's all that matters. Right. 
that's that's a priority number one. Yeah. Well, before we before we get into your best show ever um, and some of your best shows ever, I like to do a little first show and worst show with you. So what's what's the first show you ever saw and also the worst show? Oh, man. I think the first show I ever saw, actually, my my brother took me to see the Nine Inch Nails at the Toledo Sports Arena. Um, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna look it up because I wonder what year it was. I think it was probably 1993. Um, it was er, it was like it was I was early Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, um, maybe it was 95. Could have been 95, which I would have made me 16. But I think I still and. I remember being extremely like freaked out and like coming home and like my ears were ringing and I was like, wow, that was wild. Um, so that was, I think that was my first. Did you do, were you into the heavier sort of scene then, or was that your brother taking you to the the show? that Yeah, you yeah, I did. I mean, like, I think in early 95, I was like, I was still listening to, you know, Nirvana and, and all and grunge stuff. And I, I don't think I was like a nine inch nails fan, but I think my brother was like, you're coming to the show with me. And my parents didn't care what we did. So like, they were like, they didn't really have a say in it. So yeah. It, um, it's kind of wild to think about at this point. Especially the name of that band to a parent in the nineties or a parent anytime. Like what's it? Nine inch nails. Yeah. No, it's you like can go they, see the fish thing. They you sing can... about, they sing about fucking people like animals. It's fine. It's fine. It, yeah, and I'm 16 Normal. and I'm impressionable, so that's good. Yeah, totally fine. Um, the <laughs> how worst was show, show. How was that show, though? Well, it was crazy. And I, I remember the Jim Rose Circus, which is like this circus kind of like was like opened up for them. I mean, it was just like a weird first concert experience. I feel like, you know, a lot of people I know in my of my age went to like see Chicago with their parents or like saw Bruce Springsteen or yeah. some people like saw the dead with their parents. Like this is this was not. This was not normal. This was a a really yeah. really strange. Um, and sorry, I was I was jumping to the worst show because it just came into my mind, and it's weird because oh, yeah. I really like this band, but um, I went to it must have been like 2013 or so. Um, I went to MSG to see Fish over New Year's, like maybe the 28th and 29th, and then I saw the Drive By Truckers at the 9:30 Club on December 30th. I want to say it was like 2012, 2013, and nobody in the whole venue was like moving at all like everyone was just kind of standing still like watching the band and my wife and I tried to like get some you know it was just like a very dead crowd and like not a great atmosphere and I I really liked that band but I think that was it was disappointing because we were like why is everyone just standing here staring at them I didn't like there's nobody even like pumping their fists or like you know singing along everyone was just sort of like staring yeah, and it's like, what do you do as the band? Like, yeah. you're just doing your set. Like, you're just getting through your like. What are we supposed to do here? You want me to do yeah. a cartwheel? <laughs> get you. Get I you know, guys and I was or... thinking about we were trying to figure out if we should like do some cartwheels, you know, or try to, to like rush the stage, you know. Um, I think it was twenty. I think it was twenty twelve. I wonder if people who went to that show who are big fans liked that show, but um, it was so it wasn't the band's fault, you know. I'm sure there were some people there that night that that was their best show. There were some people who were like, finally, everyone's just relaxed and watching the show, leaving me alone, <laughs> yeah. quiet. Yeah. Some people yeah. really don't like it when people sing at shows and dance at shows. And so I'm sure there was a couple people in the crowd that were 
loving it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but I've seen a lot of shows. You know, there's there's been a lot, been a hell of a lot of shows. No, and it's hard, it's hard to pick a best. I'm sure for you. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to pick a best for me, and I I think you've got me on shows. I'm I'm pretty sure and show and so and show. Uh, do you do you have honorable mentions that it, you would be just remiss if you didn't yeah. bring up on this podcast? Well, I have to, and I, I have to. I hope you don't mind that I'm kind of gonna like um, subvert the the premise of your show just just briefly by <laughs> saying it was. I have a lot of non fish honorable mentions, you know, great shows that I've seen. But the when I, I started to think actually, then I but but sorry. If that if that if if you wanted that you're going to be disappointed because I did not do that for this I I know I I thought about it's okay the my um so I guess 28 or 29 years of my fish journey and I can like I can I can think about touch points in that 1.0 through 4.0 kind of journey that we've been on that I think like helps me put my best show in context that sounds great and also this is this is your best show ever it may be we may be doing the episode on my podcast but this is your best show ever it's also your network so you can do whatever you want (laughs) really you can come on here and be like fuck you i want to talk about the mets so yeah we're gonna talk about we're (laughs) gonna talk we're gonna talk about ohio state football and it's gonna be great because there's a lot going on um i mean so you know what i gotta like I'll just start from the the early days. So like I was in 97, I was a freshman in college. I was on my own for the first time. I was like living with a few of my friends in a dorm and we did like, we just, we had so much fun and I got to go to a bunch of those fall 97 shows. And I went to Dayton on a Sunday night, um, without, I think I maybe, I'm not sure if it was planned or if it was more spur of the moment, but we went and I went with my girlfriend at the time, whose sister went to Dayton um, University. So I went to the show and then drove from Dayton to Columbus after the show and then woke up the next morning, December 8th, and took my first ever college exam, which was in my intro to political science class, which I got an A minus on, which I think is pretty good. Whoa. Yeah. Incredible. Actually. But I like went, you know, got home at two, I got back to my dorm room at two 30 or something and got up and took a 9am exam. But that, that night still, like, I think going back to the the recordings, cause we just did a lot of this on undermine, you know, last year, but I don't know if Dayton holds up in the way that like I experienced it, you know, like I, I think people appreciate that as like a great show, but it was the atmosphere in that in that arena was like something that I've never, I certainly had never experienced it to date, but like, I think I also, I still looking back on it. I can still picture like the, I can still picture the crowd. And I've seen a lot of fish shows. There are a lot of shows where I can't even really remember much of them. Not because of like anything besides there's just, you know, decreasing space in my brain as I get older, but that, that night I can like, I can hear it and feel it and see it. And there were like, a few huge balloons, you know, bouncing around on the floor. And I was like up on page side and just like, it, it's all very, very visceral still. And that show was just like, I don't know. I, I think the, the time of 
the time of my life and the time of the tour and the way they were playing, it just was like, it was like anything was possible. You know, I think it was very like, and yeah. anything was possible in life, in music. Um, we ended up after the eighth on the morning of the ninth, we got up and drove with another friend to state college to go to the, the show in state college. So like we, we were able to do whatever we wanted because we were in college and fish could do whatever they wanted. Cause it was fall 97 and that show just still like I listen to some of those pieces and I'm sure you've, you know, the show, like there, there are parts of that oh, show that just still, it just, it's just insane. Insane. So that's like a, it's probably like a, the biggest touch point for me of, of that, of that era. You know, I think that was a, that was huge. That might be my best show ever. It certainly was like, it's the biggest highlight of my, of my like first era of fish, you know? It's truly one of my favorite shows ever. Um, and when you're in your early 20s and you're in college, yeah, you, every, everything is possible. You don't have yeah. the responsibilities yeah. uh, that you're about to have in a couple of years. And, um, you know, everything's in front of you. You could be anything that you'd like to be. Um, and you're also, you can do whatever you'd really like. That Like nothing's stopping you. And you're also kind of realizing that for the first time. You're like, oh shit, I could just kind of drive down to Dayton, I guess, if I yeah. wanted to. Or I could, I could go wherever I want. Yeah. Yeah. I got a car. First time ever. Yeah. It's just like, you just just do whatever you wanted. You know, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and that, you know, that was like anything. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, is there anything, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a whole bunch of things, the things that you just mentioned, but is there anything that makes that show, um, like a little bit more visceral than some of those other shows back in from that time or. um, Yeah. I mean, I think it was the, I think the opening, three songs you know the acdc bag and they this the segue into psycho killer in like such a just perfect perfect way and you know it was only the second time they played that song and they just it was like it was so seamless and it was so perfect and then they go right into jesus just left chicago you know into another like really great version of that song and that was just like I think that those three songs together kind of capture this this tour, you know, where like they could really pretty yeah. easily do anything. And like every night there was something amazing happening. And that, you know, and then there, of course, the end of that set. Like this is one of the few shows I've ever seen where like I think the first set is is better than the second set, you know, because they end it with this, you know, they reprise the tube jam and play slave. And it's just like a, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it felt like it was completely seamless and completely like magical. I've listened to that first set 10 billion times. Ten, I mean, truly. <laughs> and the first three songs, like you said, probably 20 billion times. I mean, I, yeah, that transition lot. is so seamless. And if, yeah, if that, if those three songs can't lock you into a show early on, then I don't know if this band is for you. Cause yeah, yeah, that, exactly. Exactly. The best ever. And so I think, you know, I've seen so many shows in in the 1.0 era and it was, they were all amazing, you know, in different ways. But this like really, I don't, I just think it captured the era more than anything else that I saw. And if I go back, if I had to rank all the shows I've seen, and again, just fish, because I think I've seen some amazing non-fish shows. But if I think about like my best show ever, nothing that's non-fish is going to be in at the, at the very top, you know? I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's possible, but this one, this one definitely stands out. There wasn't another, 
another nine inch nail show that no, stuck out to you? You didn't go back and I didn't go back, weirdly, you know. I okay. never I never went okay. back. But I but I am thankful to my brother for taking me because, you know, I think he was I think he still thinks it was he he remembers it probably more than I do. And I think he was he was very excited that um, you know, that he got to take me to my first show. So um yeah. and that was like the year that I saw my first fish show. So he, he kind of, you know, got me started on the got me started on the on my concert journey. Um and then I was thinking about you know, I don't know when when did you see your first show? 2018. So just yeah. a couple years. A couple years after, after yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So, so right, right, right there after. So I get it. Exactly. <laughs> no, I think I, um I, I like I liked it when I was uh 16 and even younger than that. My older yeah. brother was a you know huge fish fan and had all the every year on LimeWire and everything. And so I listened to everything, but I did not have a crew to go with that was my age and I was not yet um confident enough to roll down to a show by myself and so it took it took me far longer than it should have to see a show for sure and I'm also young you know yes well yeah and I, I was a, I was a baby yeah and I'm old so you know like that's you know that's that's the difference right here. right right you know which is what uh, I wanted to talk about next I'm scared I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding <laughs> I don't know guys I mean I don't know. Maybe we should just call it. I think that was good. You know, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, for me, if we're, if all we're going to talk about is that Dayton show, I would be fine because <laughs> that's, it is truly my favorite show of that era. It's right. So right great. up there. I would say. So great. Yeah. Um. So the other like honorable mention, or I guess there's three and I don't know what order I'd put them in, but when fish came back in 09, I saw a lot of shows. Cause I, you know, cause I, like felt like I had to, you know, and I went to Hampton, like I did all the, a bunch of the shows when they came back and that fall, I got to see a few shows and there was a moment in, in 2009 at the, the second night of Albany, which is 11, 28, 09. That was the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think up through that whole year, we were kind of like, all of us were listening and going to shows and I think we'd all been traumatized by, you know, the whole experience of Coventry and, and what happened in 2004 and uh, the band too. Right. It was like, it was, it was unclear whether they were ever going to be like what they were in the, in the late nineties, you know, and, and, and early two thousands, I think there's some great stuff from Oh three. And, but once, Oh, in my opinion, once Oh four came around, it was like, this is just a, this is just not, this is not really working. Um, for me. Um, I think that's, I think that's how a lot of people feel about it. But, um, we went to Albany with a friend, my wife and I, and and two friends actually. And the second set, the seven opens with seven below into ghost. And there was like a 45 minute, you know, these, both of these songs together, 45 minutes or so of just amazing improv. And I remember that I was with, uh, this guy who was next to me, we smoked a joint with these people next to us and they kept, they kept talking about how it was, this was the Buffalo Kush strain. And we were like, okay, cool, whatever. And then during the seven below jam, my friend had to sit down and was sitting in the like chairs on the floor, sitting in the, in his chair with his head in his hands because of the Buffalo Kush, which we still, we still talk about to this day, but, but it made me like during the seven below, I was standing on the chair, there were chairs on the floor and just like losing my mind. Cause I was like, this is, this is it it's back like we're back like they can still they can still create these moments of just outrageous 
improv that like blow everyone's mind. And to me, that was like, that is proof that fish was back, but also like they still had so much more to do creatively. And I think that probably was like a turning point for me. And I'd probably seen 10 or more shows that year, you know, before this. And and there had been some highlights and some good shows, but this was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm back. We're all back, you know, that, so that, that relief. Yeah, exactly. And it, it definitely sticks out as like one of the best shows I've ever seen, even though if you were to like, look at all those shows I've seen, you probably wouldn't like put that up there, but you know, I just, it was amazing. Well, with the tension that that creates, I mean, this is a band that is so formative for you um, and so many people. And, uh, you know, the end was so uh, brutal (laughs) and they're back in this way. You know, I'm sure there's a level of like, okay, cool. We get to go maybe see fish a couple more times and then they'll be done forever. And, you know, but at least they're giving us this. And so that's a lot of tension to be released. And so I'm sure when you get to that big, that big jam that night, you're like, okay, we, we could actually keep, keep seeing this band and they might sustain this and we might be okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I don't know. I mean, you know, this, this 3.0 like era, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, ups and downs in, in a lot of people's minds, you know, like there's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of moments that are like, you know, I don't know, like the online discourse about, the band I think is pretty different than, you know, what they, what they feel certainly, but, um, but it's totally. also just, it's a different, totally different experience for, you know, when you're there, obviously. Yeah. It sounds like they go in between that feeling as well of we're back to this old feeling like we had in the nineties or we're working through this new, you know, part of our sound or um, you'll hear it get brought up like in the, between me and my mind documentary when, you know, Paige and Trey are talking about like, you know, it finally feels like we're back and that's, that's eight years or nine years into them actually being back. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they go between that all of the, all of the time, but it seems like they're having fun. They look like I mean, they're having fun. So. It seems like they're having fun. And I think we're still having fun for the most part. Um, I think I'm, I mean, I'm still having fun. Are you still having fun? I'm having a blast. Um, yeah. Unapologetic blast. I, you know, and I, I'll take all the love and light stuff. Trey can even, he can hit the gas on the corny stuff. I don't even care. Make yeah. it cornier, make it more love and light for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if he's having fun and they're having fun, like they are right now on this tour, then like, it doesn't really matter. Everything else is like, just do, yeah, they should do whatever they want. So, I mean, it's a key to any, level of performance. I mean, if you're, if you're watching someone as a comedian or, a you know, um, any sort of performer and it looks like they're having a good time, you might not even understand the medium, but you, you know, that this is fun for them and it, that's infectious to you. And I don't think anyone has ever embodied that in my seeing them live ever more than Trey. Trey is a constant reminder to have fun on stage and lead with joy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and, that hasn't gone away. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at last night, you know, they're, yeah. they're goofing around and Fishman's on the guitar and um, you can't tell me there's not joy on that stage. Yeah. And so. Yeah. But I'm I do think it goes it. up and down, right? Probably. Like there's yeah. probably some time when oh, yeah. it just like doesn't, it doesn't hit in the right way or doesn't work and for whatever reason. And then, you know, they just have to 
I think they just, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I wonder how they, I mean, how, if you have a bad set of stand-up, how do you, do you, do you try to move on or do you try to like analyze it and, and figure out how to correct, correct it? What's, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the easier approach? I'm, I'm better at detaching from it now. When I, when I first started doing comedy in Chicago, I mean, I, good set or bad set, I'm up all night thinking about every thing that I said or every little pause or all that kind of stuff. And so now it's a little less, you know, bad show. Hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 And I, I do think that's probably how experienced people feel too. Musicians, right? And Trey, again, has a little bit more experience on me. Fishman, you know, Paige, Mike, they have a little bit more stage experience than I do. And so I'm sure that that's, <laughs> it's good for them. But I, you know, I'll also immediately look to the things in my life. Like why, you know, did I get to this space tonight? Why did I bring this sort of energy into the night? You know, could it be, you know, I went through a breakup uh, two months ago and I don't feel like I'm fully over it yet. Mm -hmm. Or I, you know had a bad sandwich for lunch or, you know, what, whatever it is, I'll immediately be like, what, what was the deal up there? Why did I bring that sort of energy to it? And I also, I do improv comedy. I don't really do a lot of stand up scripted stuff. Mm -hmm, and so, mm -hmm. um, I'll immediately look to, you know, are my, are the stress of my bills affecting the scene that I'm doing in this improv show or, you know, um, it, 2022, we saw a fish uh, at Alpine Valley. Alpine Valley is always like the best weekend. We always mm -hmm. get a great, you know, if of the summer, it's usually right up there. And in 2022, uh, from all accounts, Fishman had just gone through a breakup. And that was that uh, we had fun, but that was kind of a tough weekend in comparison to other Alpine Valley runs. And so you have to assume that that, you know, is over the band, at least over Fishman. He gets to like have a little bit of attention release with the broken heart attack at the end of that weekend. But th we did leave feeling like, oh, I wonder what's going on. And so, um, yeah, like you said, it's up and down, even within one tour. You know, it's yeah. not like you have solid year, not solid year, solid year. Um, it's night to night. You know, you never yeah. know what's going on. So, yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think we don't think as much about that, like in and like the. We talked about Alpharetta on our, on the podcast, the uh, helping friendly podcast, mostly because like, they just seem to play amazing shows there and there's something. Yeah. They love it there. Right. There's something about the, and, and who knows what the experience is like for them, but there's certainly like a good, there's a good atmosphere there. You know, maybe it's that like the hotel they stay at nearby is just like extra comfortable, you know? Yeah. Like the yeah, staff, the best and the team, you know, it's just the best coffee downstairs yeah, or something, right. you know, yeah, like, yeah, it could something. be literally anything. It's certainly not Trey yeah. like looking at fantasy tour and wondering what people are thinking he should play. You know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a factor. Let's just say it right now, Trey is not looking at fantasy tour to see what you guys are saying. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's going he's gonna to do whatever he's going to do, <laughs> no matter what. So uh, the Trey, <laughs> Trey knows better. You know, we'll be right back after a short break. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors and beyond from the world that turns us on. 
We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Good point. Good point. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to upset him. Not at this point. Everything's yeah. going great. So don't, don't mess it up, guys. Um, don't poke the tray. Yeah. So, so you started seeing them in 2018. Yeah. Where, where was that? First show was the Allstate Arena run. Um, 1028 was my first show. Um, we, I had to leave that show. Man, I can't even believe I'm saying this on recording. I had to leave that show early. Um, to get to my midnight show that I was hosting um, in the city. Allstate Arena sits outside of Chicago um, up in uh, Rosemont. And so we had to like hustle back. And I left during that sand. There's a like a pro shot sand that people, they put online right afterwards, like uh, incredible sand. And I had to leave like right during the first verse. And so, um, but I, you know, I loved the, the music up until that point, I loved uh, Fish. I obviously am a big improv guy, and so they yeah. uh, there's hardly a band that does it better than them. And I remember being like, uh, to the two guys who I went with, who are guys who have seen hundreds and hundreds of shows at this point, I'm like so apologetic. I'm like, I am so sorry that we have to leave. This is, I mean, I'm I'm having the best time. We got a Reba, you know. They did like Moon Age Daydream at the end of the first set. I was just like loving it, and they were both like, it's all good. I'm going back tomorrow and going back Sunday, seen them a billion times. It's, it's no worries. And I'm yeah. like, I, I feel like I'm pulling them out of, you know, like yeah. the greatest concert of all time. They're yeah. Like, it's literally fine. They're like, it's fine. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. I mean, even to, to this point, I, I know a lot of musicians who go to shows and, and who play late night shows and, and everyone has to leave the show early if you're playing late night you know so like if you're going to see fish and then you have a fish after show you're only seeing half the show no matter what so like that's just part of the deal but but maybe half is better than none i don't know can you confirm Mm, it it is it's definitely better than none that's for sure um i'll say this i did it an after show for a musician is a very cool thing i did an improv show at midnight to about 12 people and two of them were asleep (laughs) so i you know could it might have been able to skip that one. Maybe. I think that would have been fine. But what if there was something, some like really important lesson that you, that you learned that day that without it, I, without it, you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked. I took it. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to use the energy for this show and put it into my comedy show. And I don't think that translated. I don't think anyone <laughs> felt you, what I was feeling. The, the people who were sleeping definitely did not get it. No, no, no. You know, they, they're like, all right, this guy is starry eyed on stage right now. He might as well just go to bed. So, <laughs> um, well, I um, wanted to, I wanted to mention 2018, if that's okay with you, just because we, so in February of 2018, we launched Osiris and that was a couple years in the making. Tom and I had been working on it and, and it went through a lot of iterations. And then we, we finally launched in 2018. And so that, year I saw a bunch of shows and did like we did some pre-show things we were doing some set break like live video stuff we were doing events we were doing all kinds of so I saw like a bunch of shows that year and one of the honorable mentions that I have and I only have this one and one other um, is the last night of Hampton 2018 which was um, 
have you been to Hampton? Are you going to go to Hampton to see Goose? Are you like, you got to go to Hampton. I'm getting pulled very hard by a couple of different friends to go out there. Uh, Long Strange Putt, uh, Sean and uh, Connor are both trying to get me to come out for Goosemiths, but we will see. But I haven't been to Hampton yet, no. So it's just, you know, you you know about it. I mean, it's just a, it's a really pretty magical place to see fish. And I assumed it to see any other, other, any other band, really. I mean, they've played there, I think, 21 times over like the course of decades. I mean, it's kind of like at a, it's a really pretty amazing record they have of going there. But the, um and, and coming back, you know, in 2009 at Hampton, of course, um, was really awesome. Um they had this three night run in 2018. We did a live HF pod during the day. One of the days, I mean, it was just like a fun weekend and we had just launched this company. And so anything and everything was, everything was great. And I was also like having a nervous breakdown because I was about to leave or plan. I was planning to leave my full-time job to like do Osiris full-time. So at the same time that I was like enjoying this, this ride, I was also like having a major crisis. Um, so those are like, you know, it's good things to, to put together, but the last, the last night of, of the, of the run, which I, I think is the last time they played there was my hundredth show. And, um, you know, it's all GA, so you can be with your friends and all that. And I think a couple of people went in early and several people from the internet. And then a bunch of my friends, we all, we basically had like an entire section to ourselves. And so it was, it was just really awesome to like, look around and like everyone in my section was someone I knew it was like a, it was a pretty amazing party. And I didn't know that my friend was going to do this, but my friend Kate made stickers that said it was my hundredth show and gave them out to people, which was slightly embarrassing, but also fun because, you know, everyone was wearing them. And then, you know, the show, like we get like a double encore and the, more is like one of my favorite songs. It's just like I'm I'm very unapologetic about more. I think it's a I think it's an awesome song. And that was the encore. And I think everyone was like, okay, cool. Like that's fine. I mean, it was a great show. And then they close it out with with more. And I think everyone was like, okay, well, that's a dumb encore, but whatever. And I think the bass tech like came out and was gonna grab Mike's bass and then like put it back, you know, and like a a double encore is just, it's not something that happens. Like, you know, it's extremely yeah. rare. So we saw him like put the bass back and we were like, oh shit. And then they played you enjoy myself. And it just, it just really was mm-hmm. like a, just kind of put it over the edge. Like a, just an amazing, I don't know how that show holds up, like in terms of, you know, rankings for people, but it was just an amazing experience that, um, you know, kind of represents where I was in life and also just this, this crazy journey of entrepreneurship and fish which is just a a pretty what a weird weird combination it is a weird combination and i'm and i'm sure (laughs) i'm yeah i'm I'm sure walking away from your professional career to then make your uh at the time hobby and thing that you like your professional career there had to be a level of like what am i doing what is I know we got Tom Marshall and you know involved. I know I got this big community. I know yeah. all this stuff. It, no one knows better than you, but I'm sure you're like, "How am I doing right now?" Yeah, I, I got a family. You know, I've got I've got stuff going on. Um, yeah, and also to have a full section of your friends. What a dream! Yeah. I don't know. Depends on who your friends are. Maybe it, maybe it'd be <laughs> but um, yeah. but for it, that's yeah, that sounds awesome. like the best. 
it was awesome. It was yeah. really awesome. And that that year ended. Um, I, I this is my last one. I swear. I don't know how many shows I've mentioned, but I think a lot. But I just want to tell you about. You, you get you get five. Okay. You get five honorable mentions, but you've you've done two or three really good ones. So I'll, okay. I, you can do okay. as many as you like. RJ. I think I'm. I think I'll just keep Dayton as the best show ever. So the others can be honorable mentions. The other one I, I've I've seen, okay. I've seen probably fifty or more shows with my wife. Um, we see a lot of shows together and I've seen a lot of shows without her, but, um, one of the, one of the best shows I've seen, and I, I happened to be with her and I, I remember it because first of all, it was an amazing show. And, um, well, I'll just tell you, so 12, 30, 18, um, MSG, there mm-hmm. was, we were behind the stage, which I really like at MSG. Um, there's, um, alumni blues opener Mike's into glide Two, which is only the second time that'd been played. And I was like explaining, this to her it last played in 1995 um week cross-eyed i mean it was just you know and then they go back in a week at the end of the at the Jeez. end of the the show from a tube into a week back into a tube and then they end the set with more again we were like this is awesome um and this show was just 2018 it was you know you saw shows you know it was they were that I don't, I don't think people think it was like their best year, but I think it there was just some really amazing shows. Um, and then the second set had like these and everything's right jam that was great, and a plasma and a light that were all awesome. And then waiting in the velvet sea, which is like a song that my wife and I both, you know, it's like one of our songs, and we we heard it together at Coventry, we heard it together after Coventry, and um, this night we were really excited to hear it. And there was this group of like three women behind us and they started talking during waiting in a velvet, in the velvet sea. And they were just like having a conversation. And my wife turned around and told them to please stop talking. And there we go. they were, they were kind of shocked. And then they like started talking again and then she turned around again. And, and then like the second time they were like, Oh shit, I guess she's serious. So that was really, well, the just first, great. you have to, you have to talk about how you're, you've been talking. You have to, after you get told to stop talking, you have to talk about how you were just talking. And so you have, you got to get told twice. Yeah, People who are talking right. to in a show, they got to get told two times. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they get one, you get one chance, you know? Um, so there was a, um, it was, I was very proud of her because I think she, but she also wasn't doing it for any other reason than she was like, I'm trying to listen to this song. It's one of my favorite songs. Can you please catch up like outside of this concert. Yeah. They'll so. be done in like an hour and a half. You can talk all night. Yeah. You got it all. You can. You talk for the rest of the night. You can talk all night long until the morning. You can talk all week if you want to, but right now we've got, I'm here with my husband and we're watching waiting the velvet. Sea. Yeah. So don't, please, please. don't fuck with the velvet sea. Um, that was just, it was a really great night. They ended the second set with a split open and melt, which was just weird. And, and, you know, just really great show. Um, and that, I was looking back at my at these shows before we recorded, and I realized that that is probably one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen. And I I don't think that I would have necessarily like said that unless I'd gone back and looked at a bunch of the shows. So thank you for thank you for letting me go back to these. Uh, uh, that's that's part of the fun. I I think that going back and you know. stuff is a little you know you don't have to do all that stuff but it is fun to go back and you know rethink some of these shows and it's it sounds like uh another show with an incredible first set just a just a ripper of a first set yeah maybe maybe that's maybe that's a theme maybe i just like really good first sets you know 
Yeah. You could you could take or leave a second set. Yeah, you know. You usually gotta get out of there anyway. Nothing really happens, you know. I'm I'm more of like a more of a getting getting to the dance club to for the second set kind of person. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like what are they gonna do? Improvise? They do that every show. Like <laughs> Yeah, don't need it. Cool. I <laughs> don't need it. Um that's so that's what I got. I don't know. How how do you feel about how that went? So uh, you know. As a guy, as as a younger fan who has only seen 3.0 and 4.0 shows, I love, I, I just uh, recorded with Meg too, and mm-hmm. she also had 3.0 shows in there, and that makes me feel great. Um, the fact that the the energy is good enough to even mention on the podcast in comparison to, you know, she's talking about Europe shows, you're talking about the show I've probably listened to more than any other Fish show ever in the Dayton show, and you're you're stacking them with, you know, these 3.0 shows that I could have seen or, you know, tours that I was at for me, it's great. I'm sure there's going to be people. I'm sure there's going to be people who are like, what about 98? Yeah. What about 99? I'm bringing them on. You know what I mean? I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to hear. Well, I want to hear. Mean, how do yell you, at me. as we, as we've gone. Yeah, yeah. Yell at RJ a little bit more. <laughs> I don't think enough of you guys take shots. I don't think enough of you guys take shots at RJ, to be honest. Yeah. So. I think it would be better if yeah, we got more hell? more yelling, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick on someone your own size. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I mean, as you went from 2009 to, through 2018, um, uh, you know, how do you feel like the consistency or like the, um, you, you know, we talk about playing with joy and, you know, playing good shows and stuff. Do you feel like there's been a progression like you've like you could have seen like from 95 to 99 or uh, that is a good that's a great yeah that's a great question I think that um I think there's like a correct answer and then there's like a well I think the correct I think I do think there's a right answer which is that I think in 95 to 99 I think they were on this path that really was like the formative path for them. You know what I mean? And I think Trey kind of said as much in our interview with him for undermine. He said that like, when he thinks about the 97, he immediately goes back to like 93 as like when, when he thought that it was like really flowing in the way that most fish fans would say fall 97 was, because I think for them, I think Trey said this in our interview, like he was, he felt like they were doing something every day that no one else, that no other band could do. So like, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty amazing. I think like that 93 to 97 probably period was like really pretty. They were like, they were, they were forming their own history at the time. I think now they're, yeah, you know, they're like, they're, they're like, they care about their future obviously. And they're, I don't think they care about their legacy really at this point. I think they care about like just making new good music. And I do think the new music is like the lifeblood of the, of the experience. You know, I think like people will complain about new songs and whatever, but like it makes the improv better. It makes them better. I think it makes the experience better. So I think there's still like these, these kind of bumps in the, in, as they introduce new material and kind of like get more, um, inspired you know um i don't know i think like the to me it's like always like this this tour for example i was like okay yeah i'm going to some shows like 
I don't know. I've seen fish for a long time. Like I may, maybe I only need to see like a couple shows, you know, it'll be fine. And then you see the first like five shows, like they've been playing this tour and you're like, can't wait to see fish again. So that's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like there's been, I mean, that. you know, there's just like, it, they, they come back with it. And then like, even people I know who are extremely jaded are like, you know, excited to see shows this summer. So like, I, I just, I love that they, they keep proving people wrong in that sense because they're never, they're never good to just come out and like play their greatest hits. It's just not how they're made and it's never going to happen. So if they're still feeling inspired, then it's going to, it's going to come through. Yeah. And uh, feeling inspired comes from them being excited about the new music. I mean, you, you said that exactly. a little while ago on, on Twitter is that that's the key to seeing the fish that we're seeing right now. Um, I think, you know, like my, my dad was, uh, is a massive rush fan, mm, um, saw nice. every tour from like 77, 76, all the way until they wrapped it up. Um, and he saw the last show and everything. And that is the, the, the closest comparison to the, you know, the, the fish arc, uh, because they're, you know, they're three guys who stayed together the whole entire time. They really don't take themselves that seriously. There's a lot of goofs. There's a lot of jokes uh, going on on stage that are for them. You know, we the, the fans will like them, but those jokes that Rush would do, those are kind of just for them. Uh, they thought it was funny. And same thing with Fish. You know, uh, if Trey wants to lay down and bend the mic down and uh, do big black furry creatures from Mars from his back, he's doing that because he would like to do that. It's not like... Oh, this will be a, it is a fun thing for the fans. But uh, the other thing about Rush is they kept putting out albums, you know, they'd yeah. be like uh, Snakes and Arrows or Clockwork Angels or any of these older albums where the, or, you know, newer, older albums where that music is great. Um, and there was probably a lot of Rush fans there that were like, man, I really want to see Limelight. Uh, but the reason why you're getting to see Limelight or 2112 or whatever that night is because they've got this new music that they're excited about. Um, and then they're able to still find new pockets within these older tunes. And so, uh, th that's the, the, the clearest, yeah. you know, comparison I see to, to fish. Um, and they keep putting out new, new music and it's great. I mean, I'm loving these new songs. Yeah. I do think that's like the, you know, the, the peaks that I've seen in 3.0 to 2013, 2017, um, 2017 didn't have as much new material, but that was just like a the bigger's dozen kind of environment, you know, but it was, it's kind of like new material, new situations that allowed them to kind of reconnect in different ways. And I think that's, I mean, I, I maybe it's sort of like a, um, maybe it's sort of like a couple, you know, you get you like, you're married for like 40 years. You got to like, you got to figure out new things to do to kind of like keep things fresh. You know, I feel like that. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's different than that, but, but that's what it feels like to me. They're like, you know, they're they're bringing in new stuff which i think gives them a, an appreciation for each other and for the community and it's just like we're just you know it seems it seems very silly to say but like it's just we're just really lucky you know i feel that way as a as a fan who didn't get to see anything in the 90s i feel so so i mean i every show that before the show i'm like man i can't believe we get to see fish and after the show i'm like i can't believe we just got to see fish yeah. every single time yeah um yeah i'm just feeling so lucky uh and it, it, th what they do is still inspiring young bands and they're pushing these younger bands further too i think that 
you know, the, like the, the goose fish relationship or the perceived relationship that people see, like, you know, they, they're doing, fish is still doing so well. Um, and it's got to give a band like a, you know, goose or, you know, uh, eggy or disco biscuits or dogs in a pile. It's got to give them hope. Like we could really make this last for the rest of our lives. We could really commit to this and commit to each other and commit to our music and we can make this work for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I didn't, I hope that it's okay that this is, this turned into a complete new fish podcast episode. RJ, I want to talk about fish with you. That's, that's bottom line. That's what I wanted to do. So, um, so, but just to confirm for the sake of the, you know, theme of the podcast, you're saying that the, that Dayton show is your, your best show ever. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think it is. That'd be, it'd be high praise to put a show ahead of that, especially a 3.0 show would be. Yeah. Especially given like this, just the situation I was in and the like memory of it, that combined with the amazing show itself, you know, when, it's gotta be at the when top. you left that show, was there a part of you that did, was there any part of you that felt like you're going to see this band for another 30 years? I have no, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I even knew what was happening like the next, you know, week really. So (laughs) I didn't have very good, like long-term, you know, vision at that point. But, but I do think I was looking forward to the next show, which was like two days later. So I think that's like where my, that's where my focal point was, you know? And that's what it should be. We, we do that now because fish has been so good for so long. And because we had the dead for so long, so long, people are like, Oh, what's this going to mean in 2060? Yeah. You know, when you, yeah. when you leave a, a show now, right. Um, which is unfair. Right. It's, it's weird. It's a weird, unfair thing weird. to do to any band. Um, yeah. uh, how about, how, how about tonight was good? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for doing it, RJ. Do you have any shows coming up that you're excited about? That's a great, really good question. Um, I am going to see Fish at the Man next week, which will be which will nice. be fun. Um, I think after that, I think I'm like I'm TBD on a bunch of stuff in the fall. But um, that's it. That's all I got coming up. RJ, have fun at those shows. Thanks so much for doing the episode. Thanks. It's so good to yeah. talk to you. Thanks for doing this, and congrats on getting it going. We're going to, we're going to try to keep it going. Thanks so much for <laughs> helping me out with it, man. Yeah, man. This is RJ's mic, by the way. If you're, if you're watching the video, this is <laughs> the equipment belongs to RJ. It's your, it's your mic now, Cam. That was the best show ever. That was the best show ever. That was the best show, the best show ever. That was the best show. Man, there was fucked up stuff in there. Yeah. What the fuck was that about? All right. Well, that was a little bit of music from Jesus and Fartfinger, but also a really great conversation with RJ. Uh, So happy that he was able to get on the podcast and talk to me about his fish shows. The fact that there's some 3.0 shows in there means that we're still doing okay. means that I'm still doing okay. I didn't miss out on too much in the 90s. Uh, Who am I kidding? I missed out on a ton in the 90s, but 
Really good to talk to RJ. Uh, if you like this episode, there's more episodes coming out. Uh, so keep keep an eye out for those. Uh, but until next time, have a great show. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others. Photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy. And I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there.